We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast well friends we did it it's finally here it's officially packers training camp welcome into the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl as you can tell by the smile on my freaking face, it is finally training camp day. I have probably never been as excited for a start of training camp. It just feels so fresh and new and exciting, and I have no idea what's going to happen. And it doesn't feel like there's the burden of expectation that this team has to go out and win a Super Bowl or it's going to be a disappointment. And I don't know what that means. I don't know what it's going to bring. I don't know if this team's going to be awesome. I don't know if they're going to be bad. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be bumps in the road. All of it. We've talked about it all offseason. The opportunities are endless. The talent is there. The excitement is legitimate. It could all fall flat. This could be a 3-14 and 14 team. It could be one of the most exciting underdog stories that we've seen and this Packers team could overachieve going to the playoffs, maybe even surprise the team. I don't know, but that's what is so enticing and exciting. And to me, I know there's been the draft and free agency and OTAs and mini camps, but this feels like the real start of the season. Training camp is here. Before you know it, it'll be family night, then preseason, regular season. And before you know it, we'll be starting this all over again. But Right now, this feels like the beginning of a very brand new story, something refreshing and exciting. And like I've said, when the entire Aaron Rodgers thing happened, when Rodgers was finally traded away and that finality hit, and I've mentioned this on numerous occasions, it felt like I've been reading the same amazing story for the past 30 years, and it's been epic. It has been incredible. Some of the highest highs that you can possibly imagine, including 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play, where on any given Sunday or Thursday or Saturday or whenever they're playing, you could see things that you just didn't normally see on a football field. You could see the spectacular. You could see the stuff that, you know, highlight films were made for on any Sunday. We had two Super Bowl wins, three Super Bowl appearances during those 30 seasons, some of the highest of highs, some of the crushing, breathtaking, like, I don't even know if this is worth it anymore, lows, right? 
you know which moments that I speak of. Some of those playoff losses are as brutal and as painstaking as you can possibly imagine. There were six interception games by Brett Favre. There were some moments with Aaron that you were just like, oh, come on, can we try something different? Like there've been highs, there've been lows, there's been everything in between. There's been some injuries. There's been uh, Favre to you know New York to Minnesota saga, but this entire 30 year story has been epic and incredible. And now a new story begins and I have no idea what it's going to bring. And I'm fairly certain that this story is probably going to be worse than the one that I've read over the past 30 seasons. It's hard to be as good or better than that was. But I'm just so excited to be reading something new and for something different and for a change. And two to three years from now, this might all look crazy. And we might all just say, man, I would give anything to go back to one year of Brett or Aaron. Just even the worst year of Brett, the worst year of Aaron. Like, I don't care. Just give, go bring me back to that for a year. I will give anything. Like that, that could be the case. This is definitely the turning of a very major page in the history books of the Green Bay Packers, right? And we don't know what's going to come next. But with that, in my opinion, that unknown, that uncertainty also comes a great deal of opportunity and of excitement. And I am so thrilled to be a part of it. I'm so thrilled that you are here with me. I'm so glad that you've made a pa- the Packaday podcast a part of your daily routine. If you haven't, if this is your first time listening, thanks for joining. Make sure to subscribe. I promise you I will do my best to bring you everything that I can over this next however many years of the Jordan Love era and whatever era follows after that and document it and talk about it and discuss it and dissect it in everything in every way possible to give you guys the best content. But that all starts today in training camp with the first training camp practice of the Jordan Love era. So with that being said, again, welcome in. Thanks for joining me today on the Pack-A-Day podcast. We do have a couple news and notes before we get to our main topic. Tariq Carpenter, Tarverius Moore, uh, two you know, initial safeties to, you know, Tariq Carpenter now, you know, move from safety to linebacker to various more than new safety coming over from the 49ers. They are starting on the non-football injury list, which is not anything you necessarily want to see. Hopefully it's just, it's going to take them an extra day or two to pass the physical and they'll be good to go sooner rather than later to various more. Uh, certainly in OTAs and minicamp looked like he was in competition with Rudy Ford for that second safety spot next to Darnell Savage. All of those safety spots up for grabs, right? So we will see what happens, but the sooner Tavarius Moore can get back, the better. Tariq Carpenter, if you're making a position change, I don't care what position it is, the more practice you can get, the better, right? So Tavarius Moore and Tariq Carpenter, the sooner those two can get back and practicing, the better. I will still say this, overall, with where this team is at from an injury standpoint, we got some pretty good news from Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekinds. Seemingly that Stokes and Rashawn Gary going to be back, or at least there's some hope that they could be back this summer and maybe not have to start the season on the pup list. That would be great. But outside of that, you know, you've got a Grant DuBose, you've got Carpenter, you've got more, you've got Jeff Cotton. But I think overall, you're pretty happy with where this team is at from an injury standpoint. So Overall, that was the the news from an injury standpoint. Carpenter and Tavares Moore did not pass physicals go on the non-football injury list to start off with. Meanwhile, it has also been reported by Aaron Wilson that the Packers are going to sign wide receiver Cody Crest, which makes some sense with Grant DuBose and Jeff Cotton um, on those injury lists and not able to practice right away. 
could probably use a, a couple more bodies at, or at least a, another body at that wide receiver position. So they are apparently bringing in Cody Crest, wide receiver from Sam Houston State, rookie undrafted free agent, 438, 40 yard dash. He's a little bit on the older side, played, I think, seven years it was in college, 9.77 relative athletic score. So he is in the 97th percentile of wide receivers, basically all time at the position from an athletic standpoint. So exactly the type of wide receiver and just player in general that Green Bay likes to take a look at. Um, He spent a little bit of time with the Steelers as an undrafted free agent. They moved on. um, And now the Packers will try out Cody Kress basically and see what he can do in a Packers uniform and see if there's a spot for him on this roster in some capacity. As of recording this, there was no corresponding move made. We will see what Green Bay does to, you know, to open up a roster spot for Cody Crest. They will have to release somebody um, or you know, make some sort of corresponding move in order to get the roster spot available. All right, that gets us to our main topic for today. And what I basically wanted to do is run through this roster position by position really quick and just kind of do a quick pre-training camp primer slash preview of what I'm going to be looking at And just kind of giving it a score on a scale from one to 10 as to how important and how exciting and how enticing that position is, you know, going to be to watch and see develop through the course of training camp. So one or zero out of 10 would be like, it's not even worth paying attention to the position. 10 out of 10 would be like, yeah, we better be paying extremely close attention to the position, right? So I figured just a quick pre-training camp primer, if you missed it, did a full 60 plus minute Q&A live on YouTube yesterday. I uploaded that to the audio channel as well. So if you haven't checked that out, you can get a full 60 minute Q&A pre-training camp that I did, uh, which was really, really fun to do. Also, I'm going to be doing a episode. Uh, My hope right now is as soon as training camp is over uh, today, I'm going to come home and immediately record a quick hits episode, kind of like I did last year at this time. So you can get all the quick hits of the, you know, my major takeaways And then tomorrow morning, you'll get a full breakdown of that day one of practice right here on the podcast and the YouTube channel as well. So again, I'll say it one more time, subscribe if you haven't already. Also with Twitter, the way that it is right now and the algorithm all messed up and everything else, make sure to turn notifications on as well. As I'm recording this on Tuesday night, the weather on Wednesday, not looking great in Green Bay. So there's a good chance that that practice will be held indoors, which means it'll only be open to the media, which means that myself and about, I don't know, 20 other people will be tweeting about practice. So again, make sure that you have those notifications turned on if you want all updates, but I will again have a episode and a YouTube update and everything as soon as practice is done to get you all the major takeaways. But I digress. Let's jump in right away. Quarterback, clearly a 10 out of 10 the most important thing to watch in all of training camp. It's where all the eyes are. An interesting question for you. I'll ask you this. You can leave the comments if you're on YouTube. If you could only get one update from training camp, all right, through like, so you can't go to camp. You can only get updates from me. All right. So you can only get updates from me and you can only hear about Jordan Love or you can only hear about everything else. What would you rather get updates on? Just Jordan Love or no Jordan Love and everything else. It's probably Jordan Love. I, it, he's just like, this is everything. This is what this season is about, is to see how good Jordan can be, how quickly he can develop. Can he become the guy? Can he, I mean, he's going to be the guy, but like, are we talking like, all right, he's like the 25th to 32nd best quarterback, which is still a starter, but you're constantly looking to improve that position. Is it more like 20 to, you know, or like, let's say what, 18 to 25? And you're like, okay, we can win some games with this guy, but he's not the reason we're winning games. 
Is he top, you know, what, 17 to 10? They're like, all right, you know, you're, you're cooking with something now. Is he top 10 eventually? Like that is the huge question. And you got to be usually a top 10 quarterback ish to get in that conversation. If you want to start winning Super Bowl games more often than not, there's always exceptions to the rule, but you want to win consistently, usually need one of those top 10 quarterbacks. So a lot of pressure on Jordan, all eyes are on Jordan and nobody's expecting him just to be week one, top 10 quarterback in the league, right? But that consistent development and obviously all eyes are going to be on him. The volume is going to be turned up to a million at training camp. Every good throw that he makes, it's going to be like he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Every mistake, interception, bad throw, poor decision that he makes, it's going to be like, oh, he's a bust and Green Bay is going to be screwed. And that's going to be on the local media. That's going to be on the national media. That's going to be on the fans. It's just going to be everywhere, right? So everything he does is going to be magnified and the microscope and the yeah, all of it is on him, spotlight a million percent over. So that's everything. How he responds in training camp to that pressure and you know, just to see what he does. This is a 10 out of 10. This is everything. And I will be closely watching it. Not to mention, by the way, like, you know, if 99% of this is Jordan Love, there's some interest in Sean Clifford as well, what he can do. You know, Danny Etling, it's kind of a now or never. He's sort of an overaged quarterback. He's no longer a developmental quarterback at his age. And Alex Magoo adds a little bit of an interesting aspect to this as well. So there is a lot of intrigue at the quarterback position. You would expect Jordan Love gets the vast majority of snaps. Sean Clifford will get some. Magoo, I think, is going to struggle to probably get any sort of real shot. And, and snaps would be my guess as the number four guy. We'll see what Danny Etling gets. But all eyes, again, on Jordan Love with a little bit on Sean Clifford as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Running back, I would argue the least interesting position in this training camp. You got Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, who are always fun to watch. And that's kind of it, right? <laughs> Not exactly, but Lou Nichols, seventh round pick. That'll be interesting to see what he can bring to the table. And if you know he was a worthwhile seventh round selection, but still it's a seventh round running back, just barely above an undrafted free agent. And Tyler Goodson, I think there's a lot of excitement about him, at least as much excitement as there can be for a probable practice squad guy, but super fast, fun, exciting, kick return ability, good pass catcher. Like he he brings a little bit something extra, you know, that Green Bay had, you know, doesn't really have from a speed standpoint at the running back position. So there's a little bit of interest in, in intrigue in Tyler Goodson. Does Patrick Taylor make the team again? Lou Nichols, you know, Jones and Dylan, always fun to watch. But of all the positions on that on this team, from a, you know, what are we watching in training camp? I think running back probably the lowest, and I give it kind of like a two out of ten. 
Wide receiver, nine out of 10. First of all, the, the returning trio of, you know, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Samore Toure, just to see what they're able to do and carry over from year one to year two. Not to mention that if there are maybe a couple stars like waiting to happen and, you know, could happen sooner rather than later, it could be Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs already seemed to take a major step from last year to this year in OTAs and mini camps. I think everyone's super excited to see what Christian Watson can do with a full training camp. If everything goes well with him and he has no injury issues, the second half of last season was beyond phenomenal. And Samori Toure is again, kind of a guy that's flown under the radar a little bit, but I think he's going to see a lot of playing time for this team and in very limited snaps had a lot of success, or had success a season ago, right? That's number one. That's just like the, your three returning guys. Then you've got four rookies that everyone's also going to be super keeping an eye on, right? Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Malik Heath, Grant Dubose, once he's back and healthy. Like those are four guys that everyone's super interested in. And you've got like a Bo Melton too. Um, you know, so this is, a, you know, even Deuce Watts has some level of interest. So, and then they just got a 4-3-40-9-7-7 RAS guy out of Sam Houston State. So this is going to be a super interesting position and one that is basically sort of married and, and tied to Jordan Love, right? He's got all these young, super talented playmakers and watching those grow together. The first time starting quarterback with all those young, talented, super talented wide receivers. How does that work together? But wide receiver, nine out of 10, something we're going to be keeping a very close eye on in training camp. All right, tight end, I'm going to go nine out of 10 here as well. Luke Musgrave, everything that you could have possibly wanted in OTAs and mini camps. Now the pads come on. What can he do as a blocker? Can he win tight end number one? Can he be the beast over the middle that we're hoping he can be? Can he be that next big time tight end, the tight end that they've been missing since Jermichael Finley went down with an injury? And then like, if Luke Musgrave didn't exist, right? If the Packers just didn't have that pick, like Tucker Craft would be another player that we would be super excited about. And we would probably be all like, oh my goodness, Tucker Craft's going to be the next big tight end. They have two of them, right? So that is what makes this so much more exciting. And I've, I've talked about this. I talked about it on the Q&A yesterday, but like Tucker Craft looked really good. And I posted videos of Craft and Musgrave, you know, running the same route. And everyone's like, oh, Craft looks like, you know, he doesn't look very good. He kind of looks slow. And no, Craft looked good. And like he was a well-rounded player and Musgrave just looked that much better. Like that's how freaky athletic Luke Musgrave was. Just a different pace, a different speed. So like those two, a ton of excitement around. And then like, like I said, Tyler Davis had a really nice OTA in minicamp. He might be the best blocker on the, the team right now at tight end. And I'm excited to see what sort of, you know, he does in this opportunity in Green Bay. Josiah DeGuara might get his real opportunity now that Aaron's gone. It didn't seem like those two were ever quite on the same page. It does seem like Love and DeGuara are more on the same page. And even guys like Austin Allen and uh, Cameron McDonald, once he gets off the non-football injury list, like even those guys, I had some level of excitement on coming off of OTAs and minicamp. So this is a group as a whole right there with the wide receivers, nine out of 10. And I can't get enough of watching Musgrave and Kraft and what they're going to be able to bring to the table in 2023. Offensive linemen, I'm going to go five out of 10 here. We don't have any real like rookies that are like super worth keeping an eye on. And there is some competition. Yash Nyman versus Zach Tom seems to be the competition right now. I think there is a level of intrigue in how Bakhtiari is used and just seeing Bakhtiari and Jenkins back together, reuniting on the left side of the offensive line is fun. Do we get a Josh Myers bounce back? We get second year Zach Tom, as mentioned, Zach Tom versus Yash Nyman for that starting right tackle spot. You get John Runyon Jr. in a contract year. There is some youth still in Caleb Jones, Sean Ryan, Luke Tenuta, Rashid Walker, and what they can do in year two. 
Are Royce Newman and Jake Hansen going to show that they are worthy of keeping on this roster? Are they on the outside looking in? And even guys like Kadeem Telford and Gene DeLance are kind of fun players that I'm excited to watch in camp as well, but not like this big new toy that everyone's excited to see and what they can do. There's not a drafted rookie on this roster. So I'm going to say five out of 10, but there's certainly some storylines here still on the offensive line that are going to be worth keeping an eye on. Defensive line, I'm going to go six out of 10. First of all, Kenny Clark's always worth watching at training camp because he's a really good football player and just super fun to watch. But then you've got Devontae Wyatt and TJ Slayton who are going to get significantly more opportunity and playing time this upcoming season, what they can do in year two and three, respectively. Devontae Wyatt, first round pick a season ago, he needs to take a major step. TJ Slayton, it is now. Like he is way too talented to be a guy. He needs to be better. He needs to be some, he needs to be an impact player on this team. So what Wyatt and Slayton can do next to Kenny Clark, I think is going to be super intriguing. And then you've got the rookies, right? Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks fourth and sixth round picks respectively, both really fun, both shout outs from Matt LaFleur for their work in OTAs and mini camps. And even a Jonathan Ford, seventh round pick a season ago, seemed a little bit slimmed down. I'm excited to see what that group can do. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on that group to really show up and be better in 2023 than what they were in 2022. And then that's why there's a little bit more intrigue on that group. I would even maybe go seven out of 10. Because uh, again, you got two rookies that I think we're sort of excited about in Brooks and Wooden, and then Wyatt and Slayton taking that big step and going into the starting lineup as well. So six, six out of 10, seven out of 10, somewhere in that regard. Plus, like I said, Jonathan Ford excites me as well. So I'm going to go with that for the defensive line position. Edge, I'll say eight out of 10 here as well, mostly due to Lucas Van Ness, first round pick. You always want to see how that first round pick is going to perform, but you're going to be watching for the return of Rashawn Gary and what he looks like if and when he gets back during training camp from injury. You get King, you know, Kingsley Nigbare in year two. What type of jump does he make as a player? You still have Preston Smith and Justin Hollins. Neither of them are expected to take like major steps as players. They kind of are who they are, obviously, at this point, especially Preston Smith, but good players that are going to rotate in and be is certainly Preston, probably starter day one, and obviously a big piece of this defense. Um, but those are more veteran players, but still fun players. Brenton Cox, undrafted free agent, is going to have a real opportunity to make this team. Even the international pathway player, Kenneth Odomegwu, like if he makes any noise, you can, you know, you, you know, like the rugby player making noise in camp is going to be a big time story if he does anything. And then you've got even guys like Ladarius Hamilton and Jonathan Garvin. We're going to have to do everything in their power to hang on and try to make a team here. So I think this is a really fun position to keep an eye on as well. Notice a trend here. Outside of running back, there is intrigue at every single one of these positions. It is hard not to be excited. And that's why this camp is so freaking exciting. Why this season is so freaking exciting. All right, linebacker, a little bit lower on, I'll say four out of 10. The big one here is Quay Walker, right? You've got Quay who really needs to take a jump. First over, you know, for Green Bay's first overall pick, um, I get what, 21st overall, I guess, but first round pick a season ago. He needs to take a significant jump. All the talent is there, but what he can do in year two as an inside linebacker is going to go a long way into really defining the middle of this defense and specifically the run defense. Um, really want to see a jump from him. So that's why that position gets, I think, any real credit here. Outside of that, all right, what does Devondre Campbell look like? Is he closer to two years ago? Or is he closer to last year? Is he healthy? Tariq Carpenter making that switch from safety to linebacker once he's healthy, that'll be kind of worth keeping an eye on. Then you've got like, I don't know, Eric Wilson, Isaiah McDuffie, nice players, nice special teamers, but nothing that you're like super geeked up about. But overall, not a terrible position, but just not one that in comparison to the others is going to get quite as much publicity, but Quay Walker, certainly a big piece to keep an eye on. 
At corner, I went five out of 10 here. Jair is just, again, one of those players that you can't take your eye off of at camp. He's so fun to watch. So that in and of itself is worth something. Razul Douglas going back to his outside corner spot full-time. That I'm excited about. When does Eric Stokes come back? That'll be a big thing that everyone's watching in camp. Keyshawn Nixon getting the start in the slot. That's going to be a big time thing as well. And I think he's going to make the most of that. Carrington Valentine, another big one here. One of the low key stars of OTAs and mini camps. What can he do when the pads come on? And can he make some noise and get his name in the conversation for maybe that number four spot, depending on when Eric Stokes comes back from injury. And you've got some guys that it's kind of a now or never as well. Shamar Jean Charles, Keandre Thomas, Corey Ballantyne. So all of those, some some interesting storylines. I don't think it's one of the top ones, but I still put five out of 10 at the corner position for intrigue here. And then safety, I'm going six out of 10 because who the heck knows? I don't know what's going to happen at safety. And that's what makes it intriguing. Are there any super like really fun players to keep an eye on? Anthony Johnson Jr., a little bit, right? But everyone else is just like more of like a hope and a prayer of like, can somebody step up and take this spot? But the fact that you've got a Darnell Savage, a Rudy Ford, a Tavarius Moore, a Jonathan Owens, a Car- or, excuse me, an Anthony Johnson Jr., an Ennis Gaines, like all of those guys fighting for maybe starting spots, Dallin Levitt fighting for a roster spot, and even like a guy like Benny Sapp, who has a little bit of talent too, maybe as a special teams guy, that's an interesting enough position, but mostly because, you know, like the old adage, if you've got seven safeties, you have none. That's not an old adage. I kid, but uh, you know, you, we just don't know what the heck's going to happen at that position. So inherently there has to be some level of intrigue there. I'm going six out of 10. And then special teams, I don't know. Uh, I am excited to see Rich Bisaccia and what he can do with this special teams in year two. You've got a lot of core special teams players on this team. You've got a new kicker in Anders Carlson, which brings some level of intrigue. You've got two new long snappers. You've got Keyshawn Nixon as a returner full-time. Jaden Reed might get his name in the conversation as a punt returner. You maybe have a punt, you know, punter competition as well. So I, I don't know. I'm going to say four out of 10, which is about as excited as you can get about special teams. But I think there's some fun stuff to keep an eye on there as well, certainly towards the bottom of the list in regards to intrigue. But when you have a new kicker, that's like not nothing. That is something that are, a lot of eyes are going to be on with Anders Carlson taking Mason Crosby's place in this you know camp and really starting a new era at kicker. All right. So those were my ultimate ratings. Quarterback 10 out of 10, running back 2 out of 10, wide receiver 9, tight end 9, offensive line 5, defensive line 6 to 7, edge 8, linebacker 4, corner 5, safety 6, and special teams 4. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. Enjoy day one of training camp. I'll be right back here after practice with an update, both on the audio channel as well as on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Keep an eye out for more live episodes as well. I'm going to be doing a lot more of those through the course of camp and through the course of the season. I'll have some guests on along the way, I'm sure as well. So make sure to check those out. Again, subscribe if you haven't already. Like, comment. You guys know the drill. I'll see you guys soon. Enjoy the first day of practice. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.